This podcast is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. Welcome to the Sunday Night Showdown. Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Citizen. Just when you thought it was safe to turn on the old grappling show, look who's back in town! Often attempted to be imitated, but always the original boomer, Miss Boom Boom Sexy. Sunday Night Showdown begins now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Sunday Night Showdown on a non-pay-per-view event tonight. Of course, we are uh, we are looking forward to will Mickey Rourke tonight win the Oscar for the wrestler? We're going to find out tonight. Hopefully, before the show goes off the air, we'll know, and you guys will know as well if you're not watching the Oscars. Of course, there's a lot of stuff to run down. We've got news of the week. And uh, we're going to break down WrestleMania 25, where we think it's going. We're going to talk a little bit more about legends of WrestleMania the game. And uh, basically, that's what we're looking at. Unfortunately, Mark the Shark DiCarlo was booked for the show tonight. And uh, we were looking to get one or two guests. And unfortunately, that fell through. But one of them we will probably get in the near future. And, and I'll just give you a little spoiler. He actually is on the roster for legends of WrestleMania the game. Uh, with that being said, of course, uh, I'm being joined by my producer, P. Did, P. Diddy. <laughs> where did that? Our mics are perfect, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, where did that name even come from? Like, uh, I think Sean Combs is going to be suing us here pretty quick. Okay, you're a producer, right? Yes. I mean, almost, but almost. Trying, okay. I, I'm so, so. I'm still trying, folks. So, what is <laughs> what is the initials for producer? P. D. Right. Okay. Yeah, PD. Uh, all right. Sure. PD, yeah. So PDID, PDD. Thank you. Hey, there we go. PD, the PDID. Yeah, because I can, right? The the producer, Internet Dave, PDID, PDID, PDID. Why why did I hire him? I don't know. We're still trying to figure out. (laughs) That's where the Y comes in. Okay, so it's just really intellectual. But I'm glad you guys catch on. Uh, Unfortunately, I said Mark the Shark to Carlo will not be on the show. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think Boom Boom is going to make an appearance. She may. You never know with her. Um, and then, of course, obviously, I just announced, I just announced uh, Internet Dave. And then, of course, there's me, the charismatic king of the showdown ring, Mr. Money on the Mic, the Sexay one himself, JJ Sexay. Good evening and welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. What an interesting week it's been, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. And uh, if you're wondering, there's we even have some breaking news, breaking news from WrestleView.com. Freddie Prince Jr. gone from WWE. Yeah, who didn't see that one coming? Come on. <laughs> I guess now they'll go back to being superstars and not entertainers. Well, that that whole entertainer thing lasted about what one episode of ECW, and I think that was it. L- let me break it down here. Uh, reported from Adam Martin, uh, original credit to PW Insider. Uh, Hollywood actor, writer, and producer Freddie Prince Jr. has left WWE's creative team. Prince has been working on the SmackDown brand in recent months and was well-liked by the wrestlers, and he was described as being very passionate about the business, which is the key to be in that writer's room, 
Absolutely. He had hardly been around in recent months, and one WWE source described it as something that many expected to happen eventually. Prince joined WWE in July of 2008 and had been a regular at many WWE events before that. So I think he uh, maybe just lost some interest and said, that's it, we're done. Well, you know, obviously, (laughs) Freddie Prince is, uh, we all know, he's he's an actor. I mean, I haven't seen him in a movie in a couple years, but... uh, we all know he's married to Sarah Michelle Geller, and, and I think that one of the allures the WWE actually had in mind when they when they brought him along, him being a lifelong wrestling fan, and yep. like you know he was obviously at several events even before he was hired on uh, as a fan. And I think one of the main things they really wanted to do was possibly at some point bring in Sarah Michelle Geller for something, and I don't I don't think that ever really materialized. No, for them. I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking she's probably not a wrestling fan. I don't know. Just, just <laughs> or, based upon or, stuff. Or she was the one who decided that he uh, couldn't come to events anymore. That wouldn't surprise me too or, much. Or maybe he decided, you know what, maybe I should make money on my acting career. Hey. And not worry about being a writer for a, wrestle, uh, for a, for a soap opera wrestling company. Probably. But I would imagine Mrs. Prince Jr. probably had a bit to say about that. <laughs> so breaking news we're the first ones after res- after WrestleView to, to to break this news on any radio show anywhere Freddie Prince Jr gone from WWE I, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I have you, to say that tonight You're proud of yourself aren't you I'm sorry I have to say that Ladies tonight. and gentlemen I'm working with the Barry Horowitz of Internet Radio <laughs> Go ahead and pat yourself on the back Internet Dave Absolutely Does it make you feel better Breaking news when we can break the news why wouldn't we break the news? But we didn't break the news. WrestleView apparently broke the news. <laughs> on radio, we broke the news. Okay, on radio. I bet you Melter, yes. Melter does, doesn't even... His show just signed off. I oh, bet you he didn't wow. even have it. And I bet you Melter's kicking himself right now because <laughs> Internet Dave went on fucking Sunday Night Showdown Absolutely. and told the world about Freddie Prinze leaving. Like, it's the biggest news story ever. Yeah, well, oh like God. I said... Anyway, uh, Freddie Prince Jr., like I said, based on who he's married to, is a very lucky guy. Uh, we're about 22 minutes away from the Oscars starting, and, and like the famous quote, they put us on because they know we're the only thing that can beat it. Probably not. Uh, are, are we going to get 32 million viewers tonight? I, I doubt what? it. I I'd rather is, doubt it. <laughs> this is more, more or less going to be a podcast edition, I think. Of well, we uh, have a lot of people in the chat, and if the chatters want to ask us some questions or send us some comments, we'll be very, very happy to, uh, to give them to you, and uh, we'll be willing to ask, talk, ask your questions and comments on your comments uh, all night long. We're going to go as long as it takes. You have, but to, you have to excuse Internet Dave, ladies and gentlemen. He's... He's hooked on phonics. He's still learning. It's uh, it's a slow process, but he is getting better. And and I'm not sounding that great myself because last night uh, in Acadia, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from where I live, um, I was actually the ring announcer for the uh, Prairie Wrestling Alliance's second show of the year. In Calgary, yeah, of 2009, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was entitled Evolution, and it was a pretty, pretty <laughs> stacked card. So my voice is pretty much gone. I was actually in the middle of ring announcing somebody last night, and I was talking, but nothing was coming out. <laughs> so it almost it was like that awkward. I felt like I was going through puberty, right? Because it, it just it just there was that weird twinge in my voice. Yeah. And uh, luckily, uh, 
even with a bad voice, I, I still managed to do a better job than Ivan, the actual PWA ring announcer. So Was he there? No, I guess he wasn't no, even there I last think night. he was getting married or something. I don't know. But um, Actually, well, a good friend of ours and a good friend of Ivan's uh, and a good friend of uh, the owner, Kurt Sorokin, so rockin' of the Prairie Wrestling Alliance, uh, Big Bad Boris, uh, who I did... A, who I did my old, old, old show with uh, back in 2001, 2002, 2003. He's getting married again to, uh, last night, so congratulations to him. And he had he had a show that that ended in 2001, so uh, <laughs> that tells you how long I've been uh, in internet wrestling. It's it's been a long, long time on on internet wrestling radio. But uh, next show. In Edmonton is this coming Saturday, so if anyone is in the Edmonton area, please check it out. And, of course, the next show in Calgary is March 28th, so check that out as well, once again at the Acadia Rec Center. So uh, all independent wrestling has been on the, on the decline just because of the economy and, and, and the inability to book venues, but it was a solid show, and... <laughs> Thanks to the tenacious snake. Anyway, um, but a tremendous uh, crowd last night, Jeff. Uh, just slightly under the premiere, and I mean, if you can get ninety to ninety-five percent of your original audience for show number two, that's always a positive. This is true, and uh, you know what? I I was very impressed with the uh, with the turnout last night, and um, it was a little less than the last show, but obviously there was a it was a huge thing going on last night as the. You know, you Canadians are are such freaks when it comes to the Battle of Alberta. You know, yeah, the Flames, Calgary, fl- the Flames beat Edmonton. the Oilers last night. Yeah, so you know, it, it's not a sport. Hockey's not a sport here. It's a freaking religion. Yes, and I just don't subscribe to that religion yet. Sorry. Un- unfortunately, I think it's too much of a religion. Honestly, I can't believe I, a Canadian so, just said that. Well, I mean, I, hockey's my number one, and I mean, see, the football's my number two. But if, if I was ever going to host a radio show or in legitimate radio, it would be the anything but hockey show but that's okay no problem but like i said once again thanks to the tenacious snake for uh, for promoting us uh, don't forget about sunday night showdown at yahoo.ca it's the emails right there for all of you and and don't forget we are on itunes so feel free to go to uh, sunday night showdown.com and click on the itunes link and don't forget that we are with it the <laughs> the fantastic network of tpsradio.net and we're posting our archives there every week this archive should, because of the lack of mistakes I'm going to make tonight, should probably be up later this evening. So, tpsradio.net and uh, iTunes, check us out there. But I- I'm sure the listeners are probably wondering why the hell the archive isn't up on Sunday Night Showdown. It is. I. It's there. It's there right now. Is it? Yes. I was just there earlier. I didn't see it. It's. <laughs> it's there now. But You're lying uh, to me, Dave. They they just interviewed Mickey Rourke on the red carpet. He didn't mention anything about WrestleMania. I I imagine Vince told him not to, to, to say anything. But I think honestly, as we get into that topic tonight, Jeff, uh, I think what he said at the um, at uh, the SAG Awards or the Golden Globes or something may have really ruined this entire angle. Well, <clears throat> it's kind of like this, really. I mean, I think originally things were scheduled where Mickey Rourke was obviously going to go into this and have a match and you know do something mainstream to give back to wrestling because obviously wrestling has given back his career when you think about it really yep absolutely and i think that was the plan obviously vince mcmahon 
was not a supporter of this movie when it first came out. <laughs> he had the private <laughs> screening. Until he saw the dollar sign possibilities. Well, and Vince was an idiot for not seeing that in the first place. Yep. You know, you got WrestleMania coming up. You get a private screening of this movie, and you're like, I hate it because it, it exposes the business. But it, it exposes the business on a level that Vince McMahon is not on. You know, the WWE is such a big company. Things are so different as compared to what you saw in The Wrestler as to what really goes on backstage at WWE events, okay? I mean, you're looking at, obviously, when you look at the movie The Wrestler, you're looking at the independent scene. You know, exactly, Like yep. Ring of Honor, CZW. Uh, you know, and, and you're seeing pretty much any, any independent is what you're you're perceiving through that. So I thought it was a mistake for Vince McMahon to get all bent out of shape and, you know, tear it apart because he didn't like it. Uh, the presentation, I thought, was wonderful for that movie. I don't see how you can say it was a bad movie. Uh, it depicted Mickey Rourke as a washed-up wrestler. And, you know, granted, when you look at guys who are in his spot, I mean, I could name a dozen, <laughs> Honky Tonk Man being top on my list. Yeah. You know, someone who still goes out, whores himself out, Gets drunk in the middle of the fucking ring, can't and so, perform. And so does his wife, by the way, as yeah. we found out in Calgary back in August, I believe. Yeah. You know what? With Honky, though, if you can find the, if you can find them, do because he has had the most entertaining shoot interviews on radio shows I have ever heard. Like he has three or four just classics, and it's if you want to know. The inside about about the business and the inside of his career. Find those shoot interviews on online because even even the ones that are two or three years old because they they are very timeless. And like I said, I've never heard anyone describe it in such real terms as, as he did, and and still does. But like I said, <laughs> his his action in the ring is uh, possibly not as uh, as solid as. As, as it was about 20 years ago. But, you know, when I first heard about Vince getting the, the private screening, I thought the smartest thing this man can do is latch on to this movie, help promote it, and have Mickey Rourke show up at WrestleMania. Yep. Not too long after that, he does a total 180. As soon as, as soon as Mickey wins, which award was it? The SAG? Was it the I SAG think, award? well, it was the, uh, the Golden, Golden Globe, Globe was first, then the SAG. And as soon as he starts winning awards, it's like, Oh, that was a hell of a movie. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going to bring him in for WrestleMania. <laughs> like I said, as soon as you, as soon as the McMahon sees a dollar sign, case closed. Project underway, signature signed. Now, you know, there obviously, I've read a report. One of the things that happened this week, and I know that uh, me and Mark the Shark DiCarlo were in correspondence with this. Uh, he called me up the other day and he says, You're, "Have you heard the new the, the new rumors for Mania?" And I said, uh, "No, what's going on?" And he says, "He says it's going to be Hogan. Hogan <laughs> Hogan's going to come in and wrestle Jericho." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." But yeah, that was apparently the rumor going around this week was that Hulk Hogan uh, was trying to finagle his way back into Mania, and they were going to be doing this thing with Legends up until WrestleMania, where Jericho attacks Legends. You know, and berates them, and Hulk Hogan was going to be the guy to go out there and put Jericho in his place at Mania. Now, Hogan is saying he's out of Mania. It's not going to happen. Go ahead. 
Uh, let's go to WrestleView once again. Uh, during an appearance today on Bubba Love Sponge, which apparently is uh, Hogan's second home, and Bubba Love Sponge's only guest. Although Bubba Love Sponge, I will give him a lot of credit. He did a fantastic job with the commentary on Celebrity Championship Wrestling. I thought he did a great, great job. Uh, said he would not appear at WrestleMania 25. He was in discussions with Vince, but in the end, they couldn't find something that would work. He said Vince's anger over CCW has blown over and they can speak to each other in a civil manner. In regards to rumors that Hogan is skipping WrestleMania over money dispute, Hogan said that wasn't true and wasn't going to keep the money for himself, stating that he would give every dime to John Graziano, quote, since nobody is helping that kid, a.k.a. the kid that uh, his son put in traction thanks to that uh, thanks to that accident. Original source, The Wrestling Observer and Figure 4 Online. Well, you know what? John Graziano should be getting the money. Yep. He should be getting a ton of money. And Nick Hogan should be working the rest of his life and thanking God that he's not in prison for the rest of his life. It's a sad situation when Nick Hogan, who has a history of racing cars down roads and doing stupid shit because he's a child of privilege, can get away with it, and even got uh, a shortened sentence. So it... You know what? There was no justice served for John Graziano. Yep. So for Hulk to, to come out and say, oh, I was going to give all the money. Well, why don't you just donate money to him anyway, Hulk? Exactly. Well, yet, well, why don't you, why don't you um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Eat some humble pie and work the show anyway so that you can actually give the money to John Graziano? Like, somebody should call him on that. That's bullshit. Well, he said that it wasn't a money dispute. So, but uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting case, and when we talk about legends and th- this whole Mickey Rourke angle, that leads us to uh, the conversation that Chris Jericho had with Rowdy Roddy Piper this past week on on Monday Night Raw, oh. and it was outstanding. A lot of people saying it was it was uh, Piper's best promo in about five years, and you could tell he was feeling passionate about it. And then Jericho just kicked him in the kicked him in the stomach, and that was the end. You know what? Not only was it Piper's best promo in a number of years, I'm going to go on and say that I think that's Piper's best promo ever. Like, I was moved by that promo. Like, Piper delivered, okay? Yep. And rightfully so. He he nailed it. That's really the best way to put it. I mean, so who do we bring out next week? I mean, I know Flair is still scheduled to come on up until WrestleMania. He's not under contract, but he's obviously got something going on. I'm going to say this now. I do not, do not, do not, do not, under any circumstance, want to see Ric Flair wrestle at WrestleMania. No, if he no, does, no, no, no. It absolutely takes what he did last year for his retirement and shoves it right down the toilet. Yes. When Ric Flair should be the guy, when he retires, he retires. Don't pull a Terry Funk and come back every six months and do something and then retire for the 110th time. Right. Absolutely. I mean, don't uh, be surprised. I mean, we all know Terry Funk is getting inducted the night before. Don't be surprised if Terry Funk wrestles the match. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, come on. I can see it. You, you know what? I, I never thought of it. that until right this minute. And I'm, now I'm a little bit scared. It could be, it could be Chris <laughs> Jericho and Terry Funk at WrestleMania 25. Wow. With Mickey Rourke in Terry Funk's corner. It could happen. Wow. Let's hope not, but do it you can an- happen. Do you anticipate that <clears throat> being uh, Mick- Mickey Rourke's role is to accompany Jericho's opponent to the ring and, and be outside at ringside? You know what? I think Mickey Rourke 
needs to step his ass in the ring. If this was the original plan, I mean, obviously, the WWE has no qualms about paying a celebrity absorbent amounts of money for one night. Yep. We saw it with Lawrence Taylor. We've seen it with Money Mayweather. We've seen it several times. And I think 10 or 15-minute match, Chris Jericho and Mickey Rourke could work. Why? But, but like I said, did, didn't the whole SAG announcement by Rourke kind of ruin that whole idea? It kind of did. But as they say, anything can happen in professional wrestling. So, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who they could actually get to face Jericho at this point. I, I still say it's got to be Rourke. You have to have Rourke with a legend in his corner. And I'm thinking Ric Flair is the guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, you have Rourke with Flair in his corner. Possibly even Piper. Yeah. He, he could have an entourage of legends. Yep. You have the match, and of course, we all know Rourke goes over. Oh, well, but yeah. It has to be because of interference by Ric Flair. He can't oh, go yeah, over clean. Definitely. Jericho's got to look strong. Yeah. And, and I think it could work. I don't see how it's going to hurt anybody's career. If, in fact, tonight Mickey Rourke does win the Oscar, then it shows that he is at the top of his game in acting. And I don't think that he'll be tarnished by involving himself in a wrestling match when he won an Oscar for being in a movie about being a wrestler. Absolutely. However, I have to assume that <clears throat> um, win or lose tonight that that um, Mickey Rourke is not on the first plane to wherever Raw is tomorrow morning no. to make an appearance. Absolutely not. But, but if he's going to wrestle, don't you think he pretty much has to make an appearance like every Monday night? No. Because, I mean, okay, so would, would you have him cut video promos or be live via satellite from the WWE studios or how, how would you how, okay we're as Marissa Tomei is being uh, interviewed here uh, she is not going to win unfortunately but I thought she did a very good job uh, okay so we're she got naked to win this Oscar she, she got and naked she won't to even win, win this Oscar and she won't even win it and that's um, sad. we're six weeks away please uh, okay you got you got five Mondays to book six Mondays to book uh, Rourke versus Jericho. Break it down. How would I do it? Absolutely. <clears throat> I'll say exactly how I'd do it. I would continue to bring legends on Monday Night Raw. I would continue to have Chris Jericho get into altercations with said legends and have him get worse as he attacks legends here and there. You know, sending this one to the hospital or doing this to, to whoever, right? Right. And I would continue this. I wouldn't even make mention of Mickey Rourke. I would have him make mention of Mickey Rourke as he's beating down the legends, talking about how he wishes it was Mickey Rourke. Oh, okay, yeah. To goad Mickey Rourke out. And then say maybe all the while Mickey Rourke is training with Rowdy Roddy Piper and Ric Flair, then you bring him in that last Raw. It's the final straw. Mickey Rourke comes out on Raw, says, you know what, Chris Jericho, I've sat back for the last two months and watched you disparage these guys who pioneered this business for you, Chris Jericho. And I'm sick of seeing it. At WrestleMania, you and I are going to have a match, and I'm going to show you that I can kick your ass. So so announce the match six days before uh, before it occurs. Exactly. Wow. That's... And that's how you build it. So, so basically, Rourke is in the gym, like, t tomorrow morning kind of thing. Who's or if, if he isn't already. Well, who's to say he hasn't been? Exactly. I heard that he was training when they first came on this. He was getting pointers and, and being trained by Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. 
Who's to say that has stopped? I don't really necessarily think it has. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that, <coughs> well, I mean, do, even with the proximity that that Roddy Piper uh, was in Oakland this past Monday for Raw, obviously, like I said, the proximity from Portland's very easy, but maybe that means that he's training Mickey Rourke in an L.A. gym somewhere or something. I, I have no or, idea. Or he's making another B-movie. I mean, you never know with, <laughs> with Roddy Piper. Exactly. Who, who had a better movie career than Hulk Hogan. But it's not really saying much, is it? Exactly. Well, you know what? I, I think back to the wrestler and here on Oscar night, and to me, the hardcore match with with um, um, what's his name? Can't remember. And and just just all that stuff. The fact that they had to have that that hardcore of a match. Are our fans maybe? Okay. Or, are you talking about the movie, the wrestler? Yeah. So you're talking about the match you had with Necro Butcher. Necro Butcher, that's right. W- would that maybe kind of turn fans off and say, "Wow, wrestling is all just hardcore"? And and it, I mean, obviously Vince has gone back to the PG idea, but but I would think that anybody who saw that movie is like, "Wow, uh, wrestling's about tables and and barbed wire and chairs." When Vince is doing exactly the opposite. Uh, not to not to play the the negative side of the coin, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rourke had a couple of solid matches, but I don't know. Like, did it did it show too much of a hardcore element, and and did it give away too much of the business? I don't think that uh, in the three matches that are in that movie, the first match is not a hardcore match. No. It's actually a pretty good match between uh, Rourke and, and it escapes me the the other guy he wrestled yeah. with the guy um, with the mohawk, with the mohawk who yeah. uh, re- kind of reminded me of Ravenous Randy a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, that was that was a really good match. And, of course, you had the hardcore match, which was just way over-the-top hardcore yeah. with the staple gun and everything. And I'm not real familiar with Necro Butcher, but, I mean, that's pretty much the norm for him, right? Well, he, yeah, he's a nutcase. <laughs> everything you need to know about Necro Butcher is that, yeah, he's a freaking nutcase. You know, and then, of course, the final match with Ernest the Cat Miller yeah. wasn't a hardcore match. So, you, out of the, out of okay, so you had one out of three matches that were really considered to be a hardcore thing. The yeah. last match being more of a high-profile match with a huge crowd. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't really think that it it portrays wrestling necessarily in a negative light. Uh, it just It's one of those things that shows the reality of what the business is. I mean, <clears throat> I'm amazed at, you know, how a guy is willing to put his body on the line and just take some stupid shit for 20 or 30 bucks a night. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, do the hardcore guys make more money because they're willing to... Like, I mean, if, if guys who have a regular match get 50, do the hardcore guys get 100? No. They get the same amount? I would assume so. So then probably in, a, in an abyss, Necro Butcher, uh, Terry Funk, Mick Foley kind of scenario, they just prefer those... Ma- I don't know if it's a, a higher pain threshold or, a, or just a, a, want, a want to be in those kind of matches, but... Maybe it's all you got to do. It's what you got to do to get yourself over if you're not uh, a great worker in in other areas. Well, hardcore is definitely a niche. I mean, there are there are guys who have built their careers on being hardcore. Mick Foley being and Terry Funk, two being very notable hardcore wrestlers in Japan. Yeah, you know, barbed wire, king of the death match, <sighs> insane shit. Right? It, it just it. I don't see the need for all the hardcore. I mean, even when WWE was doing the hardcore title, which I loved. 
<laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't so much that it was like super hardcore where they were like gushing each other and you know just they were bleeding all over the place. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure, there were weapons here or there, but at least they made hardcore funny. Yeah. With the 24-7 rule. Yeah. What was it, WrestleMania 17, you know, your favorite best booked pay-per-view of all time? Yes, and, and the hardcore <clears throat> championship match between Kane, the Big Show, and Raven was fantastic. Wasn't Maven involved in that, too? Like, didn't nope. he run away with the title for a while? Uh, well, I've... I haven't watched it in a while. I'm going to have to watch it between now which, and which mania, mania this I, year. I thought it was this one, but I th- I'm pretty sure it was that where Maven ran away with the belt, and then Molly Holly pinned him or something or pinned Spike. I think that was the, the year after in Toronto. It, well, at either eight, way, at 18, yeah, maybe it was 18. But I, I just I remember that one. That was that was an awesome uh, hardcore bout because everybody and their sister won the hardcore title for the night. Yeah, and then I, the original guy who lost it got it back, and I I can't remember who that was. But. Well, it's funny because well, yeah, I th- yeah, uh, Molly Holly pinned Maven, and then the Hurricane pinned Molly or something. But if you go back to the um, to the history WWE title histories, it'll actually say that one of the pers- people who won the Hardcore title was Ho Number Three, because don't forget that when some of the Godfather's hoes got involved, one of the uh, one of the rest, one of the hoes just decided to to drape herself and got a three count over whoever she pinned. So yeah, hoe number three. We don't even have her name, but hoe number three is recognized as as a hardcore champion, and it'll be in those record books for fifty years. <laughs> well, my hat's off to hoe number three for being yes. a hardcore champion. Yeah, she's won the hardcore title more times than any of us have. This is true, <laughs> but you know, back back to the original statement that you made, I. I think that there is a niche for hardcore wrestling. I don't think that every wrestling fan is into it, but there are those masochistic motherfucking fans out there. Oh, yeah, there are. Who want to see that shit, and that's where the market comes into play. And you know what? If CZW promoted a a hardcore show and 10 people showed up, they wouldn't be doing hardcore shows anymore. But when you get 500 people showing up every single time, then hardcore shows are going to continue. I'm not against hardcore. I'm against the really, really hardcore, like the uh, like the uh, the lawnmower uh, cords and stuff to the back and shit like that. I can't watch that stuff. I can watch a lot of hardcore wrestling, but I can't watch that shit. Well, but like I said, if there's 500 fans... you got to look at it this way. I think that the uh, society has plagued hardcore wrestling to the point where when you look at different events, say NASCAR... Do you think yeah. people actually watch NASCAR because they enjoy watching a car go around a lap 500 times? No, it's because they watch for the accidents. They watch for the wrecks. It's just like when you are driving in your car and you pass a gruesome accident. Traffic is backed up for 10 miles. Why? Because people are rubbernecking because they want to see what's going on. People love to watch a train wreck. And that's my interpretation of hardcore wrestling. Yeah. Um, another element to Mickey Rourke's character, Randy the Ram Robinson, was that he had to continue on the circuit and he had to be a deli counter worker because because um, he just had wasted his money over those 20 years and just burned it away. And, and once again, there are a lot of wrestlers that uh, that can be that can be say the same thing who are still or used to be on the circuit. Bec- I mean, Ric Flair, I don't know how he saved his money, but 
I mean, he, he even said in his uh, in his shoot that, hey, I'm willing to talk to you because you were willing to cut me the check for the amount I wanted. He was in Edmonton a couple weeks ago, the two days before he showed up at Raw. And because people were willing to pay him to do what he... to, to, to tell the stories and to, to talk about the memories of the business. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people would be willing to do that. But Randy the Ram is just a further example of guys who are short on funds and have to continue in the business because they burned it all away back in the 80s. You've got a point there. Um, you know what? With that being said, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, I, need to, I need to get some water for my ailing voice. <laughs> and I want to share with you guys the final uh, reveal from IGN and Howard Finkel of the Legends of WrestleMania roster just released on Monday. Uh, so we will return in just a few minutes with Sunday Night Showdown as the Oscars have begun. We'll be right back. Yes, folks, the guy who's singing right now is Wolverine. I can't believe it either. We'll be back in just a few <laughs> moments, ladies and gentlemen, with Sunday Night Showdown. Well, well, it's the big show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is the big show, the final installment of IGN's WrestleFest, the only place where you'll find the superstars of WWE's Legend of WrestleMania. I'm Gregor James Miller. With me is legendary WWE ring announcer, The Fink, Howard Finko. Hey, Gregory. Stick to your day job, please. Folks, I'm glad that singing was short. One word, Finko. Undertaker. Two words. Extraordinary Phenom. The Undertaker joins the roster of Legends of WrestleMania. He has been an undefeated competitor in WrestleMania. He is arguably the greatest character that WWE has ever had grace at Squared Circle. You know one thing about The Undertaker. The more you play him in this forthcoming game, the less you will rest in peace. Oh, yes! What are you trying to do, Gregory? My Undertaker! Your Undertaker? You're singing? Oh, my goodness. Stick to your day job. Paul Bearer, I think he's referring to. The manager of The Undertaker. The Undertaker's sidekick. A part of the Legend of WrestleMania game. Paul Bearer was the brains behind The Undertaker's brawn. He certainly was a character personified. I think Paul Bearer joining the list of managers for the Legends of WrestleMania game is a choice that is terrific. Of course, Fink, Mr. Perfect thought he was the perfect personification of brains and brawn. Gregory, let me ask you a question. Did you ever bowl a perfect 300 game? No. Did you ever call for the eight ball in the side pocket with a blindfold on? No. Mr. Perfect did that and then some. That's why he was absolutely perfect. And this is a perfect opportunity for you with the addition of Mr. Perfect in the Legends of WrestleMania game. Mr. Perfect was personification of greatness. There's no question about it. The perfect plex, a tremendous finishing maneuver. Howard, if you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, you better read the signs. Respect the law and order. Who writes your material? The big boss man. Well, you're under arrest. Certainly the big boss man from Cobb County, Georgia, 357 pounds of meanness, toughness, and roughness. You didn't want to mess with the big boss man when he was in his prime here in WWE. And the sidewalk slam spelled defeat for many of an opponent. But Mr. Perfect, the big boss man, and many, many more. The stars just keep on coming. 
the next legend on our roster, all the way from Bad Street, it's Fabulous Freebird, Michael P.S. Hayes. Finkel fact. Michael P.S. Hayes and the Fabulous Freebird were the first individuals in our industry to incorporate entrance music when they came into the arena. Did you know that? I did not think. Did you know that? Well, now you do. And if you want to take a walk down Bad Street, because the further down the block you went, the fatter it got, pull up Michael P.S. Hayes and make a statement. All this talk of Freebirds got me thinking of Coco Beware. How's it got you thinking of Coco there, Greg? Look at this. You flapping your wings? You having you know. a good time? My friend, you look like you're making illogical logic, but that being said, Coco Beware, the Birdman, part of the Legends of WrestleMania game, along with Frankie, which was his pet macaw. Now, when Coco entered the arena, the electricity started crackling. He got into the ring. He was flamboyant. He had a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and when he climbed the top rope and came off it with that drop kick, it spelled many a defeat for many an opponent. I'm personally satisfied and happy that Coco Beware is a part of the game. If Coco was all about entertainment, Double A Arn Anderson was about business. Boy, you want to talk about Double A Arn Anderson, a member of the Four Horsemen, and in his WWE tenure, he was a member of the Brain Busters, one of the smartest individuals ever to don a pair of tights. When he talked, you would listen because anything he said, more times than none, Double A backed it up inside the squared circle. While we're talking about the Four Horsemen, what about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair? What about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair? Let me hear one. Woo! One more time. Woo! Arguably the greatest performer in the history of the industry, the dirtiest player in the game, the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion, is a very big part of Legends of WrestleMania. Throughout his story career, Ric Flair has been around the world. He has styled and profiled and I can do more Ric Flairisms, but the bottom line is, you do it for yourself. You choose Ric Flair in the Legends of WrestleMania game, you are going to be riding Space Mountain for a long time to come. Howard, we started our countdown with Hulk Hogan, and it only seems fitting to end with his WrestleMania 6 opponent, the Ultimate Warrior. And that was a history-making night in Toronto back in 1992, Gregory, when the Ultimate Warrior upset the apple cart, per se, and won the championship from the Hulkster. Now, the Ultimate Warrior is a very valuable addition to the Legends of WrestleMania game. He was a most unique individual. Inside of the ring, he marched to the beat of a different drummer. He really relied on the power of the Warrior, the fans, the music, the shaking of the ropes. Everything rolled into one. It made the Ultimate Warrior a very charismatic and, as I said, unique performer. Someone that you'll have a lot of fun playing in the Legends of WrestleMania game. Wow, Howard, what a roster. The Ultimate Warrior makes more than 40 superstars in WWE Legends of WrestleMania. Indeed it does, Gregory, and you'll be taking these men, the foundation of professional wrestling as we know it, into all your favorite WrestleMania arenas where you can relive, rewrite, and redefine history on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. It should be quite the ride, Howard. Indeed it should. Thank you for being my partner here on IGN's WrestleFest. Gregory, thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And thank you, fans, for tuning in to another installment of our show. Now remember to look for WWE Legends of WrestleMania available in stores on March 24th. Until then, and let's do this together, good night and have a turnbuckle tomorrow. And welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. There you have it, the final roster reveal for Legends of Wrestling. Uh, what a huge roster that is. I mean, there are abs- there are exceptions to that rule. There's there's some I don't <laughs> really... Coco, beware. Are you serious? Like, okay, it's cool to watch him walk down to the ring with a friggin' parrot on his hand, but come on. 
Coco Beware, what what WrestleMania moment did he ever have? <clears throat> I can't remember a significant one. I, not I know in the that least. a lot of people are up in arms over Arn Anderson and Michael P.S. Hayes. You know what? I'm okay with those two. I'm absolutely okay with them. Who would be opposed to those two guys? Well, because Michael P.S. Hayes wasn't involved in any WrestleMania. But when you look at the history of Michael P.S. Hayes, honestly, you can attribute what the product is now to Michael Hayes. He's the first guy that actually brought in entrance music. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the Fabulous Freebirds started that, that trend. And you know what? If you think about it, in quotes, Doc Hendricks has probably been on more WrestleManias in whatever role they, they signed it, assigned him to than some of those wrestlers. Well, yeah, but I can understand why people are a little upset because there's a lot of guys um, that I'm kind of confused about. Like, for example, I mean, obviously there's licensing issues, yeah. whether or not people sign contracts. But when I think of the whole relive, rewrite, redefine feature, and I look at the WrestleManias 1 through 15... The thing that really bothers me is, where in the hell is Razor Ramon? How can you not have Razor Ramon in that, given the success of the first ladder match at a WrestleMania against yep. Shawn Michaels? If, I, if there was any match from 10 that I'd want to relive, it would be that one. That or Owen Hart and Bret Hart, but we know Owen's not in, and we know the reason why. Yeah. And I'm still sick to my stomach that Martha just doesn't, allow shit to happen it's well you know like, what you know, uh cover the calgary sun calgarysun.com slam wrestling uh two-page article on uh on the almost 10th anniversary with a, a great photo of martha and and oge and their daughter athena you, athena you wouldn't you wouldn't think 10 years had gone by because they are both teenagers now and good gravy like i, I remember oge only as the kid who was uh Garried around by Owen at the uh, at the Canadian Stampede that I was fortunate enough to attend in good God nineteen ninety six ninety or well, no ninety seven. It didn't actually get pulled into the ring. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> Owen car Owen carried him after. Uh, no, didn't you actually get pulled into the ring? Because I oh I no, <laughs> I pretty much thought that every didn't I know member or people that they knew were in the ring with the Hart family that night, like. <laughs> I even heard there were people that weren't related to the family in the ring that night. Well, uh, the, the rumor I always heard was that Ted, um, well, well, Ted got in the ring, obviously. He was, like, the first one to sprint in there. Gee, what a surprise that is. But <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's a, it was a fun night. It was, I was in the sixth row. Nobody in the first five rows would sit down. I remember that memory, <laughs> absolutely. But you know what? Yeah, I'm disappointed that Owen Hart is not in this game. I wonder, really, how the guys who are in it that you wouldn't expect gave their permission. Did they sign this $5,000 Legends contract that was the popular thing about two or three years ago? Well, let's think about it. Coco Beware just paid his rent. <laughs> He'll be able to live in his little apartment for the next year, thank God. Good on Pre Coco. Prepaid rent. <laughs> That's alert. That's funny. Well, well, prepaid rent and bird f and bi and uh, bird food. You know, another what do birds eat anyway? Seed. Uh, another one that <laughs> uh, that kind of caught me a little off. And I mean, obviously, he's in the game because of the fact that he's still employed with the company and he's a contributor. And uh, that's the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, who only oh, had yeah. one wrestle 
who only had one WrestleMania moment his entire career, and it was in a polka dotted suit and it involved Sapphire and Ted DiBiase. Yes. Well, now uh, Michael P.S. Hayes was in the Gimmick Battle Royal at seventeen, I believe. Um, Dusty was Dusty Rhodes not in it also? I don't believe he was. No. Okay. But uh, the question becomes. How the hell did they get the Warrior? Uh, you know what? The Warrior was supposed to be in SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, back in 2003. Right. And they actually had him finished. He was done. Everything was, was ready to go. And then at the last second, they had to pull him out because of a dispute between him and Vince or something. But he was actually a made character for that game. And he never saw the light of day. So this will be the first game he's been in since, say, Legends of uh, Wrestling, the Legends of Wrestling series. Uh, yeah. I think the last one was Showdown. Okay. And uh, great roster of Legends, shitty gameplay. <laughs> Honestly, I, I have it, or I, I did have it. I think I traded it in for other games. But I did have that game, and it was the only game where you had Sting and the Warrior and Savage and Hogan and Andre and, yep. you know, huge roster of people. But... I remember that game now, yeah. But again, it, the, the gameplay was shitty. Now, a lot of people are wondering how the gameplay in this is going to be. It's not going to be a true simulation like the SmackDown Raw franchise. Yeah. It's going to be a very arcade-based game, which is good because it'll make people who were kids back in the 80s when they watched The Warrior and Hogan want to go and check this game out and play it. And I think it's yeah. going to do really well. Yeah, when they had to... Uh... Oh, Penelope Cruz wins for Supporting Actress. Okay, we don't care about what no, no, only because no, only because Marissa Tomei for the wrestler did not win. Oh, was she up in that category? Yes, she was. Okay, so Marissa Tomei did not win the Oscar tonight for the wrestler. Uh, Brian from Audio Wrestling has joined us, and he says the game was not worthy of the name Showdown. I think that's a compliment to us. Uh, it's also <laughs> a compliment to him. He's right. The Showdown Network. That's right. ShowdownNetwork.com. That's right. Check out uh, all the shows that are at Showdown Network. 24-7, by the way. But uh, in the coming weeks, um, I am in the process right now of trying to book an interview with one of the developers for the game. Nice. I have had correspondence with uh, my contact at THQ, and right now we are setting something up, so we'll see what happens down the road. Is that one of the video game companies that still actually exists? <laughs> Because uh, it seems like all the other ones seem to be disappearing well, every day. Yeah, Dave. It's the company that's making this game. Yeah. No, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. But that would be great, yeah. If it was pre-taped or live, that would be fantastic. Well, I, I did receive an email today uh, via my contact at THQ who responded to the email I sent uh, this past week. And, uh, great. It looks like we probably will be setting something up. To uh, to have an interview and find out more about the Legends of WrestleMania game. Excellent. It's obviously probably going to be a pre-taped interview that we're going to play on one of our future shows upcoming. Absolutely, that'd be but, great. Uh, as soon as I get the information to that, I will pass it along. Notice, I said I actually have this in the works, and I'm not just emailing somebody. And you're the one saying it. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? I remember you guys. Or you, you had a couple interviews with. Would it, would it be the same guys as you had the interviews with on the old show? Um, the last time I had an interview with THQ, it was through Brian Williams, who was on the SmackDown vs. Raw um, production team. It right. will not be with Brian Williams because he is not involved with Legends of WrestleMania. Oh, okay. So it, it's through the same company, through it's the same contacts. Oh, okay. It's not 
the same developer. So okay, uh, great. Once once I get access to the interview, we will make it readily available here on Sunday Night Showdown. Oh yeah, definitely. Both in the uh, SundayNightShowdown.com uh, and uh, in the iPod uh, iTunes availability as a as, a, as its own separate link. So. That would be great. Uh, we're not setting any kind of deadline, which is excellent. So uh, maybe we'll have that prior to or during uh, Destination X on behalf of uh, TNA in, in three weeks' time. It's but, possible. Yep, we'll see. But, yeah, that's that's a great idea, and, and that would be fantastic. But as always, I want to thank THQ for being uh, mm-hmm. a very responsive company and, uh, you know, trying to get the, the name out there and yep. as much information as possible. and. I thank them for that their help in that. So, absolutely, yeah. It's I'm really looking forward to it, and and the the sale date again is. Uh, it actually retails March 24th is when it's going to hit stores, which is a Monday. No, it's a Tuesday, I think. No, it's a Wednesday. Is it? Because usually Sunday, Monday, games Tuesday. come out on Tuesday, so maybe Tuesday midnight. But I I know what I'm doing that night. I'm I, I'm. Cu- <laughs> I'm coming over here, I'm bringing a big pizza, and we are playing that game. Well, or I'm watching you play that game, I should say. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> night, I'm pretty sure that night, me and Adam Martin are going to be playing oh, yes. online together. Oh, so yes, absolutely. We'll see what happens with that. I can't, I'm very much looking forward to that evening. All right, well, um, like I said, the, the wrestler is one for two tonight. We'll see how Mickey Rourke does a little later on. We may or may not be on the show at that point, but like I said, the best of luck to Mickey Rourke. And we'll have more to, to say about the wrestler as as time goes on. Because you better believe, if he wins the Oscar tonight, Monday Night Raw tomorrow night, they are going to be all over it. They're going to be talking about, oh, Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rourke won the Oscar, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. It'll be so friggin' big for them. And then, of course, Jericho will, will definitely tear him down, which will lead to the eventual promo and yeah. program that I'm talking about. Like I said, if you think Mickey Rourke's going to be on the show tomorrow night, no, nah, I gotta happen. It it is not gonna happen, no. A uh, couple of television announcements this week. WWE Superstars on the WGN network, which I have and I believe you have as well. Uh de- debuts April sixteenth at eight PM. It's a one hour show. And will it be a, it it'll be original programming, so the rumor is is that Raw is gonna be taped with ECW and Superstars is gonna be taped with SmackDown and April 16th, as we quickly check the calendar here, is a Thursday night. So it'll be, I believe, right before and right after Impact on uh, on WGN. Here's the thing, too, when you think about this. This WGN deal, what does it mean for WWE? Well, it does mean this. If things go down the tubes with my network TV... Don't be surprised if Superstars gets replaced with SmackDown on WGN. I would almost guarantee that's a done deal. With my network TV going to a rerun network and that being the only original programming, I can't see the ratings really staying there for them. And I think it's going to now might be the time to reunite the brands, honestly. I've, I've heard Raw more about... SmackDown should be reunited and ECW should be a separate entity. I've heard more and more talk about that, actually, now that you mention that. Uh, don't forget uh, that, that Ring of Honor will be uh, premiering <coughs> as soon as well, but there have been some changes to that as well because um, it's 
I believe we talked about it with the shark last week that we were that it was going to be a, a two-hour show on Wednesday nights, but in fact, it's going to be a, a one-hour show on HDNet on Saturday nights. As we go to WrestleView for the uh, specific information, um, Ring of Honor one a- yeah only one hour instead of uh, two and Saturdays instead of Wednesdays. I didn't know HDNet was uh, <laughs> was that. Uh, discretionary with their programming but that's an interesting decision because wednesday really is the only night that wrestling isn't on raw on mondays ecw on tuesdays impact on thursdays smackdown on fridays and then pay-per-views on sundays but two to one, two hours down to one and wednesday to saturday what's your your point of view on that i think it's a lot of wrestling in a week honestly so they're thinking two hours may be, may be too much. I think that starting off, they need an hour. I don't think they need to. Honestly, it needs to be, it needs to be a, um, you need to showcase your talent and not overdo it, right? So you an impact. To introduce st- people to the talent, and one hour is the way to go with that. I think two hours starting off is a bit of an overkill because, let's face it, Ring of Honor is not the biggest company in the world. There's not a huge roster of wrestlers. You just focus on what your best is for the product, and then you branch out from there. So um, Impact-esque, where Spike TV only <coughs> wanted to commit to an hour, but they uh, they went ahead for a second hour about, what, eight or ten months into the contract. You're anticipating something like that, perhaps? You know what? That would work. But, you know, that's that was Impact's death knell, when you think about the it. The second hour? The second hour killed Impact. Well, because, I'll tell you, well, Impact hold on, just... Hold on, I'm okay. trying to make a point. <laughs> Impact was killed because they tried to write more storylines for a two-hour show as opposed to a one-hour show. Granted, all the talent wasn't getting featured on, but it was about that time that the momentum started to shift, and they pretty much went down the crapper. Russo came back in. Of course, you listen to people talk. It's not Russo that's doing it. Yeah. The booking got bad, and Kurt Ang- okay, Christian Cage was there, and he was the star of the show. Then Kurt Angle came in. Christian Cage became mid-card again. Yep. Kurt Angle was the show. Two hours of Kurt Angle every week is what TNA became. Yep. It was the Angle show. They should have just called it TNA Angle. (laughs) Along with his wife, too, who had an an inexplicably high percentage of appearances on on an average Impact episode. It was all about the Angle family. Yep. Honestly, that was the death nail for TNA. Now... I'm going to be real honest here, Dave, and I'm shooting from the hip. I attempted this week <laughs> to watch Impact for the first time in, say, months, okay? I attempted to watch the show. Apparently, not only have I been disgusted with what I see on Impact <laughs> on a weekly basis, but apparently when I tuned in, there was nobody in the arena. So obviously the Impact Zone was fed up with the shit that they're watching <laughs> on TNA Impact and decided not to go to the show. And it was Sting and Kurt Angle wrestling in an, in an empty arena. And that shows me just how far TNA Impact has gone. People just don't care anymore. Nobody tunes in to watch it. Um, it was an empty arena match. You're right. It was an empty arena match because nobody wanted to show up and watch it. And that's my point in a nutshell. TNA Impact has gone from being a halfway decent show to nobody coming to watch the damn show. 
Fucking pathetic. Nobody in the crowd, but they taped it <clears> anyway. <throat> um, apparently, Brian from Audio Wrestling is saying they're going to be hosting a tournament for the 360 version of Legends of Wrestling uh, around WrestleMania weekend, Jeff. So you got you got some training to, to do. Hey, as soon as it comes out, I'll be playing it. You can count me in on that tournament. <laughs> that, that'll be great, yeah. That would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, HDNet premieres Ring of Honor on March 21st on a Saturday one-hour time slot uh, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern with the replay at 11 p.m. Eastern. So, like I said, maybe it's a slow burn. You don't want to promote too many guys. But at the same time, you have to admit, that for Impact, it was hard for them to promote a three-hour show with only four hours of, of content every week. Or every month, excuse me, every month between shows. Like four to five hours. It's hard to promote something like that when you have to rush the guys so much. And yeah, you don't... You want to... When you're doubling the size, you're not just going to double the size of the matches with the same amount of storyline. You have more room to make it worth, worth your while. No, you're right, and but hey, we don't own the company, and we don't, <laughs> we obviously don't write for it. So, well, like I said, I I think if if they have a a big first six months, don't be surprised if, if you get that second hour. And you know, let's let's hope that they get it. I mean, I, I want Ring of Honor to succeed. I mean, I think we need we need more of a competition out there. I I the way TNA is going, I just don't expect them to be around. But, you know, people have been saying that since day one, and they've been around for, what, six, seven years now. So, I don't know. At some point, when they lose enough money, they're done. And what happens when the star of their show, Kurt Angle, leaves in September and goes back to Vince McMahon? Yeah. Because it's, it's a given, ladies and gentlemen. At this point in time... They've expressed interest in having him back. They've run scenarios with Kurt Angle back in the WWE. It's a done deal. Do you think he's not going to get paid enough? Kurt Angle will be back in a heartbeat. And rightfully so. Kurt Angle is one of those athletes that belongs in the WWE. What they've done with him in TNA is just, I don't know, blasphemous, I guess. It's the best way to look at it. And, well, and he, when he gets to, I don't know, he gets to run his own, uh, his own faction, which apparently is 80% of the show. Yep, that's why he went, because he wasn't getting the creative control that he wanted from Vince McMahon. Now, granted, I would have liked to have seen Kurt Angle win the title from John Cena in 2005 rather than lose every match against John Cena. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand his frustration. I mean, he is a much better wrestler than, say, John Cena. W would you say he's a better draw? To a wrestling fan, I'd say yes. Yeah. But to a kid or a hormonal teenage girl, I'd say no. <laughs> a hormonal teenage girl. I, I have to admit, <clears throat> I don't know too many of those. I know three. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, and, well, and, well, one and, and a couple that are going to be that way pretty quick. But What, and they're all Cena marks? Well, my wife tries to get my two-year-old to be a Cena mark. <laughs> Just to irritate me. But we won't talk about that. Uh, it's funny because, yeah... Impact, if you didn't already know, set a an all-time record at a 1.3 this past Thursday night. And if you're thinking that things are going to change with the main event mafia, they ain't changing if 1.3 is, is the new number. Wow, and they did that with an empty arena? 
Well, that's impressive that people I, actually tuned in because the people there didn't show up. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it by segment yet, but one point three for the overall one hundred and twenty minutes. It's because the people left the arena and went home to watch it. <laughs> that's sad. That's a. <laughs> that's really, it's really sad. You know, I was actually thinking today about the whole main event mafia frontline thing, oh, and the and, and how the front lines completely disappeared. They have, the whole idea of it has. You know, the front line was this strong group of guys. You had Rhino, you had AJ Styles, who, quite frankly, and I might catch heat for saying this, and I really don't give a shit because you know controversy is something I really enjoy. Um, <clears throat> the only star TNA has ever made is AJ Styles, point blank. Yeah. The only star they have ever made, the only name, is AJ Styles. And in the last three years, they have taken that name and shoved it right down the fucking toilet. As soon as Christian Cage came in, they made him be fucking... AJ was his lackey. And AJ was an idiot. And he followed Christian Cage like he was God. Yep. And then it went from Christian Cage to AJ following Kurt Angle and being the dumbass and doing the stupid shit. Yep. So they have pretty much taken the only credible name that they ever made in that company and flushed it down the toilet. And now AJ had to cut that promo at the last pay-per-view on Booker T saying, hey, I have been here I, from the very beginning. I am the original, and I'm going to show you at Destination X what an original really can do in addition to how Samoa Joe, well, tattoo or no tattoo, is, attack, is uh, going off on uh, Scotty Steiner right now. And the good thing about that was AJ did say that he was legend. When yep. he said, I am legend, I'm marked for that, because he is. In TNA, he's done it all. And that's the problem. He has done it all. And there's really nothing left for AJ to do in no, TNA. there isn't. It's time to leave for greener pastures. And you know what? When that kid's contract is up, don't be surprised to see him up there. Because that's one kid, I think, that's got the potential to be a major name and a major player in the WWE. Tell me why Kurt Angle wants to go back. <clears throat> More money. Any other that, any other things? The fact that TNA is is a sinking ship. There's no morale backstage. I mean, when when you look at the WWE as compared to TNA, and the majority of our listeners who listen to this show, who tune into the pay per view shows, we do better on WWE than we do TNA because nobody cares about TNA because they have taken what was once a promising product. And insulted our intelligence to the point that people don't want to watch it. The only time I watch TNA is when I go to Bottoms Up and we cover a TNA pay-per-view. But 1.3 million of our fellow wrestling fans did watch it this past Thursday. Well, I'm impressed that that happened. But here's the thing, the point I'm trying to make. When you look at what the main event mafia and the front line has become, when it first started out, it had the potential to go somewhere. But when the main event mafia continually every show beats down the guys that are supposed to be this elite unit that are sticking together, and every time they never win anything. They never beat the main event mafia. It's all guys who are mostly past their prime. Nash, not good in the ring anymore. Steiner, same as Nash, not good in the ring anymore. Can't even talk. Booker, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened to Booker. The worst thing that ever happened to him was WCW closed down. <laughs> Honestly, Booker went to shit quick. I mean, he's so far away from being King Booker. 
African accent. The African accent, I just want to slap him when I hear him talk like that. <laughs> I wish he'd take his ass back to Africa when he talks like that. It's like, oh, boy. Come on, dude. Come on. Kurt Angle is the only guy in that group that could still go. Sting got bad knees. Yep. Ready to retire. And still has the championship belt right now. I figured I figured he was going to lose it at the, at the pay-per-view simply so that he could uh, get his surgery. But see, here's, here's the point that I'm trying to make. The main event mafia run roughshod over the front line. They have yet to pull out one victory over the main event mafia. S- significant unless victory. Unless yeah. you count the one with Mick Foley and the six-man, which was a yeah. joke. Yeah. No. Okay. Everybody's already forgotten about it. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Now they have this angle in the main event mafia. They're coming apart. So now that they're coming apart, the front line will beat them on a consistent basis. Yeah, Joe but and, it and took, AJ. It took the main event mafia imploding upon themselves for these guys who, quite frankly, should have been able to kick the living shit out of the main event mafia to finally get their shot and do something. Only yeah. after these guys implode on themselves, yeah. which makes it to where Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and everybody else with the front line didn't mean shit up until this point. Yeah, and that yeah, it wasn't the front line infiltrating the main event mafia. It was the mafia destroying themselves. Uh, and it's even a case where when we talk about guys who haven't been made or who have or have not been made within TNA's ranks, we've seen... Uh, several pe- several guys disappear in the last two weeks who um, could be another AJ Styles where they are a TNA creation. Petey Williams and this past week, Sanjay Dutt, gone from the company, couldn't come <coughs> up to contract settlements. Now this, now this is not a cut in the middle of a contract or a, I don't want to, I'm, I'm Vince McMahon, I don't want to have you back. This is these guys not being able to negotiate a deal and the wrestlers deciding to leave. I'm thinking that the the raises that Petey Williams and Sanjay Dutt should be getting are probably in Sting's bank account right now. Well, I agree. I mean, when you look at a guy like Sting, he's past his prime. It's time to, to give it up. Sanjay Dutt, he's not somebody that, that I really, uh, I've never really liked Sanjay Dutt, but, but i got to give the guy credit. He goes yeah. out there and he busts his ass. And he's had some great Ring of Honor matches. Yeah, well, he's had great matches in TNA as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say the match with Jay Lethal. <laughs> the okay, the ladder match was right. good for the ring. <laughs> don't let the don't. ladder match was good. <laughs> that was that was not bad. Yeah. Okay, it was a stupid concept, but the ladder match was good. Yeah. The the formal tux match with the chain bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Tuxedo chain match. Yeah, watching a guy get stripped to win the match. No, no, not doesn't work. Okay? Yeah, not in wrestling. Just not happening. Um, Sanjay Dutt is a guy who I thought was going to be with that company for a long time. Um, Petey Williams is somebody that I thought would be with that company for a long time. You're letting go the guys who are your workhorses who go out there and bust their ass. I never saw a Petey Williams match where that kid didn't put everything he had exactly. into that match. Exactly. I mean, the only the only problem Petey ever had was following the uh, the lead of the creative team in his finishes. You know? And he has the sickest fucking finisher on the face of the planet. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, a lot of people say it's the most overhyped and most overrated. I think it's great, personally. Yeah. But um, it, it just sucks to see him gone. 
I want to see Petey go to uh, ECW. Because right now, I think ECW has the potential of being a show that's not necessarily built around behemoth giants. You need your smaller guys. We've already seen that with TJ debuting as Tyson Kidd. Right. And he's doing fabulous, and I think he's going to be a player there. Yeah. You know, I could see Petey going in there. I could see a great feud between Petey and Tyson Kidd. Yep. You know, two Canadians duking it out. I mean, just imagine the matches you could see from an ECW brand with this talent. I mean, there's just there's so much. Yeah. There's so much potential there. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's it's no coincidence that we haven't seen Ricky Reyes and, and guys like that in a while because they're looking at new guys. I mean, they're still on the roster, and we talk about Petey Williams. Obviously, uh, <laughs> there's who knows? He has the potential to take Colt Cabana's spot on, on SmackDown because uh, Colt got cut this week, and according to his MySpace page, he couldn't be happier about it. Well, of course he's happy about it because <laughs> they've cramped his style. Colt Cabana was was a bona fide uh, workhorse on the indie scene, and they took him and gave him a shitty gimmick. Now, granted, that's that's the problem with a lot of WWE stuff. You you get a lot of shitty gimmicks. However, for every shitty gimmick, you come up with at least three or four good gimmicks. Yep. <clears throat> and a lot of people say, well, you know, ECW is like a death knell for for TNA talent. Well, it it can be. Um, Let's not forget, I thought Monty Brown was doing just fine as Marcus yep. Corvon. He wasn't released from the company because yep. of any stupid reasons. Like, he actually had to quit wrestling for a while yep. to take care of his family. And, you know, that was a serious thing. Well, even um, Kevin Thorne, he's been, he's been now cut twice with, in the history of ECW, once with the original faction. And you know what? When ECW started with that faction... Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the Four Horsemen. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Degeneration X. But I mean, it was a solid group, and they had s- something to build storylines o- out of. Well, you know. You know what's funny? I, I re- reflect back to when ECW first premiered, and the fact that it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Everybody thought, "Oh yeah, the executives at Sci-Fi need um, there to be uh, uh, science fictiony type characters like zombies and vampires and." and uh robots and and <laughs> and stuff like that when that's not it at all and i mean it's still the number excuse me it's still the number one show on the sci-fi network so i i remember when we were talking in 2008 or 2007 that that they had renewed until the end of 2008 oh yeah ecw is not going to survive on that network i think t- to me it, it's more just the the numbers are there and I think ECW will be on the Sci-Fi Network for a long time to come. No, I think so, too. And like I said, I think that that show has a lot of potential to be something uh, more than what we originally thought it was going to be. And uh, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing what they can actually do with ECW. If they, if they continue on the path that they're on right now, I think that they're going to be successful. Absolutely. I, I think mean, they're extremely... They're on on a, <laughs> pardon the pun, an extreme upside right now. I mean, they have gotten away obviously from the um, from the whole original ECW. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which which is fine when you think about it. I, I prefer that. I mean the the only the only detriment I'd give to ECW right now is that uh, Finley got a title shot at Jack Swagger because 
because Hornswoggle stole the belt and kept it from him. And it's like, okay, well, um, I'll give you back the belt if you give me a title shot at uh, at the next pay-per-view. Okay, sure. Dun-da-da, done. And <laughs> to me, that was a little bit silly. But I think Jack Swagger and uh, Christian Cage, we're going to see it here on Tuesday night, but we're also probably going to see it at the pay-per-view. And I can't wait to see what Christian's reaction is in, in Houston, Texas in about six weeks' time. Uh, it's going to be that that exact style where he's probably going to win that ECW title and give it some some promotion. And then, like you were saying last week, it's going to be the fact that uh, on the 2009 draft on Monday Night Raw on April 13th on the three-hour show on the USA Network that Christian Cage will probably get moved after Mania, after maybe... I don't know, maybe even putting Jack Swagger over again from that perspective and going uh, going to one of the big two. <clears throat> you know, you've got a point. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about really quick um, before we do hit a commercial break, because sure. I'm obviously trying to find a commercial to, to play since uh, we're a little behind tonight on things. Um, I wanted to talk about... I wanted to talk about real quick... Um, the fact that Robert Roode has re-signed a contract with TNA. Yep. Um, Actually, that's what's going on in the chat room right now. They're talking about Bobby Roode. Uh, there's a Ustreamer who says Bobby Roode should be the world champion in at least the next two years. I said it on the old show three years ago that that uh, they should create a world television title on TNA and that Robert Roode should be their first champion. Well, it's like this. Um, Robert Roode was a guy that and I still say this, I think that he is certifiably one of uh, the best talents in that company, okay? And, and I think that Robert Roode uh, has the potential to be a huge star in this business. He has he has a quality about him. Like, he has that Arn Anderson... Uh, yep. That intangible that Arn Anderson had. Arn Anderson, most people were saying, well, he was never a superstar. Well, he could have been. Arn Anderson was one of those guys that always played second fiddle to Ric Flair and never really branched out on his own aside from being a television champion. Well, and the part of the brain busters. But well, exactly. Yeah. But had Arn Anderson been given the nod, Arn Anderson, in my opinion, could have been one of the biggest draws because the guy had great promo skills. He was intense in the ring. He had great, just a great technical wrestling prowess. And I, I, I almost felt like he didn't have like the... The physique that everybody, you know, wanted a wrestler to have. He was just an everyday guy. Like Jake the Snake Roberts, another guy who I think could have been somebody had he worked out his problems. Yeah. Um, but with Robert Roode, the thing that bothers me, and, and I, I, I like the kid, don't get me wrong, but why would you sign a five-year deal with TNA Wrestling? Why couldn't you have signed a three-year, okay? Even because two. <clears throat> this is the same Robert Roode that was supposed to be the quote-unquote biggest free agent <laughs> and they debuted him on a preview to a pay-per-view yeah after team canada split up you didn't even give him the proper props to bring him out on the pay-per-view and do something with him yeah because you were too busy doing something else okay i'm actually afraid for robert rude i think he just made the biggest mistake of his life I think that he just signed a five-year contract and he's going to languish in the mid-card for the next five years. 
I honestly do. At this point, when you sign that kid to a five-year contract and being the type of talent that he is, I do expect to see him be a world champion. But I don't think we're going to see that in TNA. I think you should groom him to be one of your next big talents. Brian from Audio Wrestling says, I would never sign a deal with TNA that lasted more than six weeks. <laughs> Very nicely done, Brian. <clears throat> That's a good point. Because you never know. Like, I mean, could TNA be dead in less than three years? Possibly. I think, you know what, maybe I'll be the optimist. We've been talking about the death of TNA for three years. Maybe I'll say that for three years from now, TNA will be around. You think so? Like I said, if they can maintain, if, if I think Spike TV is going to be happy with these 1.0s. But you know what? If Kurt, An like once, like what? Mick Foley has to be more than halfway through his six-month deal. Kurt Angle gone at the end of September, allegedly. Uh, the main event mafia eventually shutting down. I can't imagine any WWE guys who get released heading to TNA anytime soon. I I can't imagine that. Unlike a Christian Cage or a Kurt Angle or a Booker T, where they had to be really pissed off with Vince to not want to come back anymore. But I think your point is, is right on, because if Robert Roode languishes and languishes and languishes, then um, once guys like Steiner and Booker and Nash and Angle and Sting and, and the hardy veterans from WWE days finally disappear... Is he going to be in a position to challenge an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe for the top of the heap at TNA Wrestling in 2011 or 2012? I don't know if he'll have ever had the proper build-up to do that. Maybe, I don't know, the summer of 2011 is the summer of Rude. Who knows? But, I mean, it's very hard to look ahead because you never know what could, what could change tomorrow in this uh, business. You know what? That's, that's very true. Anything can happen. And it usually does in professional yeah. wrestling. But, I, again, I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I'm just I'm worried for Robert Roode's career. I think that signing a five-year deal with TNA is not a very wise move. Three years at the most, honestly. Yeah. Maybe even two, but not five. You know what? I, I'm, I'm imagining that they probably wanted him for no less than three and probably back backloaded his contract the fourth and fifth well, year you know and i'm hoping that he got one hell of a deal out of that contract i hope that they're paying him something of what sting is making because quite frankly in order for him to stay with that company that's what you'd have to pay him you'd have to give him a pretty big downside guarantee yeah definitely uh we continue here on <coughs> on oscar night here on february 22nd here on sunday night showdown going over the news of the week and talking about What's been noticeable in the last seven days of wrestling, don't forget, in uh, three weeks, we'll be joining you at Bottoms Up for Destination X. And <clears throat> now, you, you were telling me off the air last week, you're a, you were a big fan of Johnny Swinger, right? I, I was a big fan of Johnny You know what? Yeah, and Johnny Swinger commented on his release here, uh, and that news is up on WrestleView today, but Johnny Swinger... An interesting character, and, he, and he's making the audio show circuit right now as well. You know what? I'd actually like to get Johnny Swinger because um, I thought the kid had just tons of, of potential when he was just the jobber on WCW. You know, he had a he had a Shawn Michaels type look to him, and 
you know, he sold shit just very over the top. Like, I, I thought that he would actually make it one day. And he's just, you know, the best he ever had was TNA, and, and he really didn't, you know, make anything out of that. Not necessarily his fault, but... Yeah, back in the old weekly pay-per-view days where everybody with a pulse who wasn't signed to Vince McMahon made at least one appearance. Uh, Johnny Swinger, I can remember uh, most recently that uh, he teamed with Simon Diamond in ECW for a long time, right up until the end. And that was a solid group. That was a solid team. I mean, the old ECW, yeah, tables and chairs and ladders, but uh, solid wrestling, even from mid-card guys, and Johnny Swinger and Simon Diamond were, were prime examples. No, I, I would agree with that. You know, it's funny because uh, people mentioned in the chat room about WWE, when we talked about WWE guys not going to TNA, uh, Shatters mentioned Elijah Burke and Armando Estrada. You know what? Elijah Burke could be in TNA right now, and I think he's made a smart decision to not go there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't know what they would do with Elijah Burke, honestly. Um, exactly. I think that more often than not, we're going to see Elijah Burke uh, back in the WWE in the near future. Yeah, if, I, if he can come up with with the idea, I think that's a possibility. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try a new feature this week that I'm gonna do every show from now on, and uh, just something I came up with. One commercial break per Sunday night showdown. We are going to call the Wrestle Retro break. Oh wow! Okay. Maybe I should come to the meeting, the production meetings. You should, but uh, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, the Sunday Night Showdown retro commercial break. Retro commercial, I like that. And it's going to be sponsored by Bottoms Up Sports Pub, of of, of course. Absolutely. Our biggest sponsor. Um, that being said, I think we're going to take this next commercial break. Maybe for the next show, we'll actually have a sounder to go off with this. But um, just uh, have a listen and uh, tell me what you guys think. I've I've really got a, a couple of really good commercials to play. And <laughs> I think that it's going to take a lot of you guys down memory lane. Uh, you're going to love this. So Sounds good. With that being said, Sunday Night Showdown will return in just a few moments. But for the first time ever on Sunday Night Showdown, your Sunday Night Showdown retro commercial break. Oh, yeah. Check out these hot new WWF figures. Cleats, lightning power of the tornado. Sheer power of the barber. And the firepower sergeant slaughter. Perfectly ridiculous. With Mr. Perfect, you can achieve perfection. Wrong! These WWF figures have the power of Hulkamania. Quickness, Coco beware. Pounding force with a hammer. New WWF figures. <laughs> Perfect. New WWF figures got the power. Power, WWF. Figures sold separately. Perfect. Perfect. New WWF figures give you the savage power of the Macho Man guarantee. The fury of the Hitman. The fire of the dragon. And the might of the Bulldog. The Undertaker will bury those stiffs. Not with these WWF figures running wild. Check out those pythons. Sergeant Slaughter's invading. Washington's laying down the wall. It's lights out. New WWF figures got the power. The power of the WWF. It's sold separately, nigga. Oh yeah, new WWF tag team figures. They're out of control. He's nasty, boys and nasty. These folks are really getting nasty. It's Tuesday. What a nasty boy. Ah, what a rush. New WWF tag team figures. It's sold separately, nigga.
Toys R Us, the official headquarters for World Wrestling Federation merchandise. Main Gene reminding you that WrestleMania is sweeping the nation. And right now, you can get great World Wrestling Federation merchandise at Toys R Us, including wrestling buddies from Tonka. How'd you like to hug the ultimate warrior? How'd you like to bonk Hulk Hogan? Or wrestle with royalty in the Macho King Randy Savage? Here's something I can really warm up to, an Ultimate Warrior slumber bag. What about the official World Wrestling Federation ring, an official World Wrestling Federation championship belt, and all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro? Right now at Toys R Us, when you buy World Wrestling Federation merchandise, you'll receive free autographed pictures of superstars like Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and, uh, and the Legion of Doom! Now you got the picture! Hey, you guys are perfect! Perfect? Sensational? Sensational? How am I gonna weasel out of this one? Weasel? Don't crush me! Crush? Don't smash me! Smash! Get me out of here! We'll see you at Toys R Us. In the ring. In the air. Out of control. Oh, you know your WrestleMania from NES. Eight men mayhem. Did you see that? Hulkamania, brother. Choose from six superstars. Unbelievable combat. No holds barred. Anything goes action. It's the Slugfest. Two wrestlers in the ring, brother. Kick from anywhere. Total chaos. Punch in two directions. Complete mayhem. Run at your opponent. Amazing. Spinorama. WWF WrestleMania for NES. I inject steroids into my balls, brother. Shine this up real nice, Jabroni. And I know just where to stick it, Rod. What's your name? It doesn't matter what my name is. Rock smells what you're cooking. Pancakes, Rock! Lay the smackdown in the kitchen, the loading dock, even the boiler room. Plus storylines and special guest referees. Everything inside the ring and almost anything out. WWF Smackdown. Rated T for Team Jabroni. Finally, The Rock has come back to PlayStation. Your Olympic hero has arrived. It's true, it's true. Hey, think die, kid. You people have to be honored to have a man of intensity, integrity, and intelligence among you. Yes, I'd like a room, please. Sorry, no vacancy. Oh, that's okay. I'll take theirs. Ah, here come my fans. Prepare to lay the SmackDown in the all-new Hell in a Cell or in a high flying ladder match. WWF SmackDown 2. Know your role for the PlayStation game console. You think you got what it takes, Jabroni? I love this place. Made it T for team. Perfect. With more WWF superstars than ever before. Unbelievable six men in the ring at once. No holds barred. Anything goes action. It's a slug bat. That's perfect. Each wrestler's specialty move. Complete mayhem. The Doom Soul Pile. It's out of control. The Bonsai Drop. Total chaos. The perfect place. Oh, did you see that? WWF Royal Rumble on Super NES. Get in now. Perfect. And welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown as we uh, decided to go for the first ever Sunday Night Showdown retro commercial break, <laughs> which featured some LJN classic WWF figures. Yes. Also, the uh, WrestleMania 21 commercial, Undertaker, Dirty Harry. Which yes. That's actually one of the worst ones, to be honest. <laughs> it's one of my least favorite ones. And of course, there was even a couple of uh, video game ads as we saw SmackDown and SmackDown, uh, SmackDown 2, I believe. And also, I believe it was the first ever WrestleMania game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So, uh, hope you enjoyed that. This will be a regular feature. We'll definitely be playing different. I'm sorry. I I'm actually distracted right now. Ben Stiller has come out, and he looks like Joaquin Phoenix with a beard <laughs> and 
<laughs> I, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm, I'm a little distracted with that. But um, he, he's giving Joaquin Phoenix is giving up his career to make his band turn out, which is actually what Matt Bentley did. Uh, th- that's what the talk was on uh, uh, Rest of You this week was that Matt Bentley has gotten out of the business and and is now uh, playing playing drums for a for a band. So for Matt Bentley. Yeah, good for Matt Bentley. I, so. I hope he does well because you know what. That was one kid I always thought that, given his ties to Shawn Michaels, could have went to World Wrestling Entertainment yeah. and possibly went somewhere, but just never happened. Um, uh, everything I remember about uh, the old, 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 ga- well, the reasonably old games was that everybody loved SmackDown Bring the Pain. And that that was a lot of people's favorite game back in that at in that time, and that well, okay, and wait, that wait, the wait, WCW wait, wait. games hold, hold on. were never hold on. very good. Hold on, you're you're kind of lost because the SmackDown Here Comes the Pain game just came out in 2003. So yeah, like I said, I'm not saying that it, it was an ancient game, but just that uh, that that's a lot of people's personal favorites, and that um, there's another one I I can't remember, but that. All the WWE games are at the top, and that the WCW games are are underneath. Let's just say. Well, when I look back at like classic video games from uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Federation, whatever the fuck you want to go with, uh, the one that really stands out to me was the Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo. I thought that was a really good game, and then when they came out with Raw, which was like a sequel to it. That had like Diesel and uh, a couple other new characters. That was a good game for the time. So, um, as far as the SmackDown versus or the, the SmackDown genre games, here comes the pain was really good because you had the best roster of any game out there, and you had you had legends. Um, but with that being said, I still think, and I get flack for this all the time, I still think that the last game that came out. SmackDown vs. Raw 2009. I think the gameplay is, is wonderful. It's very fluid. I know the roster is not what a lot of people wanted. There was no Legends, obviously, because you're going to have the Legends game come out. And the good thing about that is you're going to be able to import characters from SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 into your Legends of WrestleMania game. So, like, on the cover, if you go and you look at the cover of the Legends of WrestleMania game, and you really look closely kind of enlarge the thing you will actually see a pic of Jake the Snake and Damien is wrapped around the neck of Randy Orton because wow. Randy Orton was imported into the game from Smackdown vs. Raw 2009 so you're still going to be able to I, I, I think that gameplay aside because I know people are going to like tear it apart and be like oh well yeah, this is arcade-ish and oh, I don't like it well you know what they're trying to make it a simple game, and I still to this day say WrestleFest, the arcade game that came out in the early 90s, is, in my opinion, like the best wrestling game out there. Just the Royal Rumble was fun. Yep. The, the tag team matches, I used to put Mr. Perfect and, and Ted DiBiase together. That was the ultimate tag team for me because that was the team to beat. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to this Legends game. But hey, I'm a gamer, so obviously I'm throwing the retro stuff in. I'm throwing games in, buddy. Yeah. This week. Absolutely. Definitely. And uh, despite Fink's co-host uh, <laughs> in those previews, uh, oh. it's it's uh, it, it looks 
Gregory, whatever his name was. Gregory James Miller. He does all the uh, the reviews on IGN for the wrestling games. Oh, lucky guy. He's called Gruesome Greggy, and, and he's... <laughs> you know way too much about him already. <laughs> I know way too much about video games already, so... Yeah. Although, I have to tell you, I, I told you this during the break, um, <laughs> and as we, 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 we switch over to SmackDown, we saw some highlights before we logged on today that... The Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy thing is finally going to start as we look ahead to WrestleMania 25 in Houston, Texas. A direct flight from Calgary, by the way. So if there's any Calgarians in the crowd and they they still haven't sold it out, you can get direct flights from Calgary to Houston. Uh, anyway, the fact that Matt Hardy and Christian did not make an appearance at No Way Out last week was a reason why I gave the show a 9.8 versus everybody else giving it a, a 10 and then me getting ripped because... It was only a 9.8. Um, uh, to me, that that's still two glaring misfires in that case, and that one that they haven't they haven't done enough with Matt versus Jeff, and two that a lot of people have said even after only two appearances that Christian Cage has already been done incorrectly with WWE, and <laughs> not to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, well, but you know uh, but. Sorry, Hunter Golden and, and Trey agreed with me. <laughs> but there is a point to be made there. I thought that initially Christian Cage going to... And I'll never get... I'm never, I'm never going to used to call him Christian again. Me neither. And it's your fault because every time you talk about <laughs> him, you say it. And that's why I do it, you bastard. Yeah, but it's always my fault. <laughs> everything's your fault. Um, the point being that I thought it was an interesting move to debut him when nobody saw it coming. I thought that was brilliant. Now, if you go to WrestleView, the official news source of Sunday Night Showdown, um, you will see there is a report <laughs> up saying that Vince doesn't have any confidence in Christian, even though they signed him to a deal, and that actually took John Laurinaitis to come up with this idea of putting him anywhere because the truth of the matter was, they weren't going to debut him till after WrestleMania because that's usually what you do with your new wrestlers. You don't debut them till the year end after WrestleMania. Usually the next night on Raw after Mania is when your big talent comes in. That's usually the night to do it. They did it with Lesnar in 2002. Goldberg. They, they did it with Goldberg in 2003. That's usually the way that they go. It's the start of a new year. Um, there is a draft. I do think that he will be moved to SmackDown. I don't see him staying on ECW. But I think for the time being, the fact that he is on ECW can only help bolster the ratings. Yeah. Now, I do like Matt Stryker and Grisham as an announced team, but I did not like the way they handled his entrance. No. They it was very, so small. Yeah, it was very sarcastic. Oh, this is an instant classic. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like they were reading a fucking cue card. Yeah. You know? I didn't like that. I, but, I thought that was kind of shitty. So I guess with Vince not being that confident in Christian, that's probably why they didn't, why we didn't see him uh, go after Jack Swagger after he uh, Swagger defeated Finley, or even get involved in the match to begin with. I don't understand why they even had the the need to do that. Like, why does Finley need to interfere in a match? No, Christian interferes. I didn't watch ECW this week, Dave. I, I no, 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 but no. Finley faced Swagger at the pay-per-view, and people were surprised that Christian didn't get involved or make an appearance to get that huge reaction. Oh my God, Christian Cage is back 
for the 80% of people who may not have remembered it. And like I said, the the, the lack of follow-up of Matt versus Jeff on the pay-per-view as well. But um, like I said, a lot of people are saying that you're obviously disagree. Uh, believe me, I'm not on either side of the of this of this issue. But you're you're disagreeing with the people who are saying that Christian's return has already been me- messed up. I see the point that's being made, and for a guy like Christian to come in and not get the bells and whistles that you would think he's entitled to, don't forget this is a guy that walked out on the company. Yeah, and this could be just what you would consider somewhat of a punishment. And does he deserve it? I don't know. Vince McMahon thinks that he is the wrestling god. I mean, obviously JBL's got to realize that at some point that yeah. you know, he's not a wrestling god. <laughs> it's really Vince McMahon and whatever he does, he does for a reason. Um Christian left in a bad way. Yeah. He didn't tell them he was negotiating and just showed up on TNA Impact. And it was the wrong way to do business. Now, I agree that Christian needed a change. And yeah, Christian leaving, needed a change big time. Leaving the WWE was, quite frankly, the best thing he ever did because it solidified him as a main event contender even though it was a B show, or as I like to think of it, TNA is a C show. It made a guy who was at the top of the mid-card high on the totem pole. He was the big fish in the pond. And it was good for him because his confidence level went up. He performed much better. He pulled out stuff we never saw him do in World Wrestling Entertainment. The biggest mistake Vince McMahon ever did was that night they were in Madison Square Garden on Raw and Vince was in the ring with Christian and he was getting cheered and had probably the biggest ovation other than The Rock at that point in time and Vince looked at the crowd noticed it was happening and he never pulled the trigger on it and that was stupid well Jericho Christian and was money as Captain Charisma on Raw yeah Christian as and soon, Jericho had worked as soon as together. they moved him to Smackdown they completely killed him I agree I mean and he got a huge response in Calgary uh Shortly before he left the company, and that was the and that was a huge reaction that night. And there's uh, there were huge reactions after huge reactions after huge reactions. People having I am Christian, I am one of Christian's peeps signs in the audiences. But the one guy who needed to be convinced was never convinced. Well, and that's the thing. If you don't fit a certain look, Vince McMahon was quoted as saying that he was too vanilla looking and. He was just an an average type wrestler. You know what? It's not all about the looks. You know, some of some of your best wrestlers don't have that look that you're looking for. Yeah. Arn Anderson was never a guy that had a look, but damn it, he could get it done. And when the man would sit there and slit, when he would do the slit the throat motion, it was pretty intimidating. Arn Anderson was a was a very intimidating character. Yeah. So was Jake the Snake Roberts. Psychologically, he had you already before you even stepped in the ring with him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, he did. brilliant. But he never got what he deserved in this business either. Another guy that I'm going to tell you who should have went somewhere 
and he is a huge part of the business. Ted DiBiase. For a guy that was modeled after the character of Vince McMahon, he never got his title reign. In fact, they had to go and make a million dollar belt for him just so he could have a title. I mean, he didn't need the title, but Ted DiBiase to this day is the only heel that would have been one of the best champions ever. And he deserved that title. Never got it. Yep. And he was uh, interviewed here uh, this past week on uh, Off the Record on TSN up here in Canada along with Mick Foley. And he even said uh, where where little Ted came into the room and said, wow, you got a million-dollar belt. Uh, how much is that really worth? And he's, and he's like, it's worth more than our house and our cars put together. And that's why he had to take care of it. And little Teddy was uh, apparently pretty uh, pretty impressed by what his dad had been doing. And, and I mean, even on the best of Saturday night's main event uh, DVD that I'm going through right now, um, they talk about, th- Ted Jr. talks about his dad, and he says that his dad was his hero, and that for the one night that he thought he was the champion after Andre apparently won it uh, with the, the Dave... Earl Hebner issue, and then immediately handed it to DiBiase. Little Teddy was convinced that uh, that his dad was finally the champion. Of course, it didn't last. But yeah, when it comes to underrated guys, that's that's definitely the case. Um, a lot of people could say Matt Hardy would be underrated. A lot of people could say Matt Hardy is right where he belongs, and he's not going to go anywhere else. And that that has the potential to be a very remembered match or a very forgotten match like what five years from now when we're looking back at wrestlemania 25 i think that's going to be the case you you either can remember it like nothing or and recall it every nuance of the match or it'll be as easily forgettable as a lot of wrestlemania matches have been you know what i want to see a brother versus brother match at wrestlemania but it's got to have a stipulation there's got to be some type of gimmick to this match I can't see a straight wrestling match between Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. I, I well, guess, I mean, I don't think it could work. But you can't have a ladder match. Obviously, you've got Money in the Bank. You can't insert them in the Money in the Bank ladder match and have it be a successful. You, you can't. You, and you just—it's overkill. Yeah. So what do you do? WrestleMania has never been known, especially in the last ten years, as as you use a chair and then oh DQ instantly. So, I mean, basically, WrestleMania is a no. Excuse me, WrestleMania is basically a no DQ event, as really most pay per views are now. But WrestleMania emphasized in that fact. So, I mean, yeah, Matt could hit Jeff in the chair with a chair in, in the head, and it and nobody would would flinch. You know what? I think a steel cage would work, as Tenacious Snake just said, or possibly even I don't know a last man standing match yeah that would work i could see a tremendous match in that where jeff pulls out high spot after high spot and they get hardcore they can pull ladders they can do all that stuff because again it's a last standing a last man standing match yeah i think that that could be a success but i just don't want to see them in a one-on-one contest that's pinfall because i don't think that those two can deliver and unfortunately, Matt Hardy is a wonderful wrestler. He's a great technician in that ring. But he will never, ever 
be to the level that his brother is. And his brother's not even that great a wrestler. But he's just more popular. He's more over with the fans. And let's face it, he's willing to kill himself every night to get their adulation. Yep, exactly. And that that's what people have responded to for the last 10 years. Um, and basically they had to piggyback Matt off of Jeff to make sure that that Matt didn't get uh, pushed back and uh, be Janetti-esque. Janetti-esque. Where if, yeah, if, if once they kind of unofficially split up, J- Matt Hardy could have become Jim Neidhart or um, Marty Janetti very quickly. But they kept them together long enough, and Matt came up with his own concepts enough that that never happened. You know what? The best Matt ever did in this business was version one on oh, yeah. SmackDown. Definitely. Hands down. Like, if he ever had a chance, it was then, and they dropped the ball. They moved him to Raw, and then the Edge and Lita thing happened, and he's just never recovered from that. Never. So, I don't know. I mean, I just don't think that if it's a one-on-one match with no stipulation, it's not going to deliver. Um, do I think it'll be a halfway decent match? Yes. Do I think it's going to be something memorable? Not really. I don't. No, I don't think it will be either. Unless Jeff Hardy's the champion for the next five years or and or Matt Hardy is the champion on Raw and, and Jeff Hardy's the uh, champion on SmackDown and, and they have a, another face-to-face meeting because they're all because they're both at the top of their game. But like I said, there's there's too much of a hill to climb for either one of those guys to, to stay at the top for very long. I mean, they could be one of those B-plus kind of top-of-the-mid-card wrestlers for the rest of their careers and probably make a pretty good living at it. Well, Jeff's already in the main event. Like, he's... No, but I mean, how... Like, let's see how long-term that is, though. He's not going to be Triple H long-term. He's not going to be Batista long-term. Bro, once you hit main event, you're main event. Like, you don't just go back to being mid-card. You're kind of main event guy. You're kind of a big deal. Like, even though Big Show, he's still a main event guy. Is he still on the mid-card? Yes, but he's still in main event level matches. When you think about it. I don't... Big Show Taker is main event. Big Show uh, Triple H is main event. I, I don't know. I think by mentioning Big Show, you kind of ruined your own argument. Because, I mean, he's a perfect example of, of, of that style. Like I said, I hope Jeff Hardy is, is main event for years and years and years. I really do. But could a Big Show-esque kind of scenario happen? Wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm still holding true to my guns, though. Backlash or SummerSlam. Got to be... Match number two. It's got to be... No. It's got to be a... Oh, TLC yeah, yeah, match yeah. between... Edge, Matt Hardy, Christian, Jeff Hardy. Got yep. me. You've got to, you've got to run with that. You've got it in your sights. Pull the trigger and execute. And I guarantee you, it will draw. Oh, I agree, and I, I would very much look forward to that as well. Um, quickly, as we uh, get ready to wrap up here on Sunday Night Showdown, uh, I have to tell you, uh, I'm looking forward to Monday night simply from the fact that uh, the reaction to Randy Orton. <laughs> RKOing Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, sure. 
Triple H cut a bit, a bit of a promo on it on SmackDown this past Friday, but yeah, you know, you, what, you know I, where Mon- you know Monday is always going to be where the the next chapter of the story is going to be told. So I'm glad you brought that up. I want to spend the last couple minutes talking about Raw. Um, you know, the match between Shane and Randy was was really good, and I thought thought the finish was great, and the fact that Stephanie McMahon, hot damn. Yeah. Uh-huh. She took the RKO better than anybody I have ever seen. Yeah. That woman nailed it, man. She sold that shit like a million dollars. And just the emotion of Triple H running down there and that look we've never seen on his face. No, never. You know, I think it's brilliant that they're going to do this. Obviously, Triple H is moving back to Raw. There's no way around it. I can't see Orton going to SmackDown. And I can't see him going without the man love triad either <laughs> so does cena well cena had uh, cena wrestles on smackdown this coming friday night for those of you who don't want to be overly spoiled to the spoilers but d- have we seen a permanent change triple h to raw cena to smackdown cena maybe to help with the uh the the lack of ratings thanks to my network tv you know what i said this a year ago when they were talking about doing this with Triple H, I said that if they are so set on boosting the ratings and they are so set on John Cena being this workhorse for the company, a guy that they think is like their ratings draw, then that's who you take over and you put on SmackDown. Yep. I thought John Cena should have went last year. Do I think he should go this year? You're damn right I think he should go. I don't think that there's room on Raw for him right now with Orton and Triple H. Or him appearing on both shows. I don't want to see him on both shows. I want Cena to go to SmackDown and help build that demographic. We've yet to see, really, a good Jeff Hardy and John Cena matchup. I could see those two having a great feud over the title over there. Yep. I mean, there's just different dynamics. I think John Cena, he started off on SmackDown. It's time to send him back over there. Yep. And probably the next year he'd be back on Raw. Yeah, but you've got to have something major. You've got to have a major shakeup. Well, you know what? We, we were talking about permanent main eventers, no matter what kind of career they have. Um, all the talk for six months was that John Cena would face Batista in big, in some big, 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 big main event. To me, now we know that um, Batista is going to be out until at least June. But even if Batista had never gotten hurt, I don't mind the scenario of Edge, Cena, excuse me, yeah, Edge, Cena, and Triple H, Orton. I don't know where you would have placed a Batista into WrestleMania 25. I mean, I, it probably would have been, it probably would have been uh, different because they probably would have booked No Way Out completely differently. But... Well, yes. I, if, I, couldn't, I couldn't place Batista into this card right now if... if if he had the cure for for he- tomorrow and walked out 100% tomorrow, I couldn't I couldn't put him on this well, show. Dave, the bottom line is it, it goes like this. Had Batista not got injured, Batista would have went into WrestleMania the World Heavyweight Champion. There's not a doubt in my mind. Would John Cena go in as the champion? No. Would John Cena go in as the challenger? Yes. It would have been Batista and Cena for the title of Mania. And Cena would have won the title from Batista. But I guarantee you, Batista would have went into Mania the champion. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted this matchup to happen. 
and that was the direction that they were set to go in. Obviously, they've had to restructure their plans, and I like the way the plans are going now. I, I kind of feel bad for Edge if John Cena does go over to Raw or goes over to SmackDown because he escaped Raw and got the push of his life on SmackDown. Yep. And with John Cena over there, he's going to be regulated to, to jobbing out the Cena every week again. It should be interesting as to uh, what happens with the draft. But, like, I mean, we've even discussed it a lot tonight about how moving guys at the draft has actually been a detriment to their long-term careers. Christian and Matt Hardy being examples where they got moved over and, and went from a, a higher position to to a, a medium position, like an 8 out of an eight level to like a 5.5, 6 level. But it also works in a positive way for oh, definitely. people like CM Punk and Kofi Kingston, two prime examples. You know, CM Punk had the best year of his life last year. Yep. Gets moved over to Raw, becomes the world heavyweight champion, becomes a tag team champion, and an intercontinental champion in less time than anybody in the history of that company. You know, kudos to CM Punk. Yep, definitely. You know, Kofi Kingston was, was a good intercontinental champion for the couple months that he had it. Yep. So, you know, there's always successes and failures. So what do you look for tomorrow night? Tomorrow night on Raw? Um... I don't know. We'll we'll definitely find out on Raw if Mickey Rourke won the Oscar. <laughs> Jericho will obviously disparage some legend. Maybe it'll be Sergeant Slaughter. I know they were trying to get a hold of him. Even though they just recently fired him, but they've kept him on as a an ambassador to the company. Rather than a road agent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I mean he's still with the with the brand. I mean, obviously he would he would still make an appearance if they needed him to. But I don't know. Bring out the Ultimate Warrior. The hell with it. <laughs> Got him in Legends of WrestleMania, the game. I want to see the Ultimate Warrior come out, and I want to see a promo cut between those two. Oh, God. Jericho. Jeez. Stand I back. I am Legend. Should I lay in the lawn and let the lawnmowers run me down? I've come to give, but not take. But take, but not give. We're going to fill up the ship with rocket fuel and go to WrestleMania. <laughs> I can just see that promo. It'd be great. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, y you think about a, a legend versus current guy um, promo, and when Jake Roberts came out on uh, Randy Orton, although the he's... The moons of Jupiter aligned against you, Jericho. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, even though he did get RKO, that was a great segment. That was. It really was. <clears throat> All right. Well, well, if that didn't make my voice any worse, I don't know what will. <laughs> well, ring announcing is not an easy job, that's for sure, especially when fans attack wrestlers and there's no security. Yes, we had a Chris Jericho. <laughs> some, some stupid bitch thought it would be okay to attack Dr. Kyoto, who is a, a manager that weighs probably 90 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> luckily, Dr. Kyoto wasn't hurt, and uh, the fan wasn't either, and I promptly had to uh, promptly had to make the announcement to, that for their safety, keep your hands off the wrestlers oh and boy. their managers. Yes. All right. Any more to say before? I, I think between now and three weeks from now, we'll probably do a, a podcast version rather than a, a live version. Although, like I said, I mean, we're not at 32 million yet, but we're getting closer. Um, 
But um, we we have Destination X to look forward to. Oh God. The cockpit controls. Jericho. Uh oh. The pilots. Uh oh. Have made the ultimate sacrifice. Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do that with a with a messed up vocal cords. Oh. Uh, so yeah. You gotta love the warrior. Destination X in three weeks, WrestleMania in six weeks, and in those in-between times, we will very likely do something. So uh, keep in tune to uh, SundayNightShowdown.com. Send us an email, SundayNightShowdown at Yahoo.ca. Join our Facebook group. Every time we s- we sneeze, we send out a Facebook message. Except for tonight, because somebody was asleep at the controls. Exactly. And uh, <clears throat> stay tuned to iTunes, because every time we submit something, it downloads and you, you, to your subscription automatically. You don't even have to look for it. I always wanted to do a show on iTunes, and now I can say that I do. So we're, I'm, I'm happy about that. Once again, tbsradio.net and WrestleView and Wrestling News Live every Monday night. And the Pro Wrestling Rewind with Andy. The Pro Wrestling Martin. Rewind. You can catch it on the audio archives. The Every f- Sunday night at WrestleView.com. The founder of the Man Love Triad. The power Andy Knowles. <laughs> you know what? With that being said, I think we've uh, we've bored everybody to death. Oh, Obviously, um, we have not seen if Mickey Rourke's going to win the Oscar, but you know what? We've been on two hours. My voice hurts. It's time to get the hell out of here. You guys ain't got to go home, but you're getting the fuck out of here, and I just got one thing to say to that. And soon you two will be close to parts unknown. <laughs> Good night, everybody. This has been Sunday Night Showdown. We'll talk to you later, bitches.